Yo, so one of the things that I've ran into being into this space, telling people about the tech industry, software industry, telling them about tech boot camps, telling them about different companies, is that I found myself feeling like I'm a bit of a recruiter, where people are asking me questions. They're like, oh, what company should I apply to? How should my LinkedIn look? What about my resume? How do I network? All these different things. And yo, I've accepted the position that I'm in and I love helping people out as much as I can. Nevertheless, I'm limited because I'm not a tech recruiter. I don't really understand fully what the world is outside of some of my friends that are in the space. So y'all, I have a wonderful treat for y'all. Not only do I have a tech recruiter, this is a tech recruiter who is at one of the largest companies in the world, Microsoft. Uh, but to take it even a step further is that they are an influencer tech recruiter so super dope influencer tech recruiter excited to have her on y'all uh shanae thank you so much for being um on this episode of tech is the new black of course thank you for having me i'm excited yes i was gonna ask how you were doing but you said you're excited I'm good. So. okay <laughs> i'm real good it's super good super duper good yo man one of the things i love so much about you especially like meeting you in person even before meeting in person so of course seeing you on linkedin mm -hmm. You know, you have this electrifying energy about yourself, big personality, super fun. As you talk about, like, uh, you always talk about um, your um, cousins. What is it? Recru I know recruiter you, cousins. Recruiter cousins mm -hmm. all the time. Is that, like, when we connected offline, I was like, okay, this energy is still here. I love mm -hmm. it. And then, of course, meeting you in person. I'm like, yo, like, she. So I really do get the whole re recruiter cousins thing. It's like, yo, like, I really we do family. feel like the whole family. They have mm -hmm. the whole family component aspects. Love that so so very much uh so i, I actually want to i actually want to kind of jump into the deep end real quick sure. and then we'll kind of actually slow down then build back up yeah so you uh put up a post recently on linkedin and i saw it and i thought it was really dope where mm -hmm. you said yo like we you know we all deserve six-figure salaries mm -hmm. so of course that that's a coveted like threshold that so many people mm -hmm. want to hit even when i talk about tech industry my six figures six figures whatever i know it's mm -hmm. a certain that certain language like draws people but like can you talk about that like expound on that like what you meant when you say we all deserve six figure salaries yeah so when i when i talk about six figure salaries i talk about the difference between knowing your salary expectation mm -hmm. doing your research in the market knowing what you deserve and then building on that mm -hmm. so for me i came into recruiting at like $50,000 a year, which was fine to me because yeah. I was new into recruiting. I was less than a year as a recruiter. So I didn't think about I should be making this mm -hmm. because in my mind, I'm starting. So I'm grateful. Yeah. When I then, when I saw what I explained in the post is I got into uh, the, the Microsoft application and the recruiter reached out to me and he asked me what my salary expectation was. And I immediately was like 65. Not realizing mm -hmm. I'm lowballing the heck out of myself. Yeah. And so I'm coming at the time I was making like $57,000 a year. So I'm thinking 65 is a boost. Yeah. Not realizing that an $8,000 boost is not enough to persuade me to move in any company. It's not enough. Yeah. So especially when you break it down from year and taxes and all of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. then I got to a point where I, my offer call came and she was like, what's your salary expectation? I was like, you know what? I said 65 for real, but I want to make 80. Still not realizing. Yeah, I'm that's still low yourself, yeah. And so it wasn't until I actually, um, I actually like started recruiting for software engineers mm -hmm. that I realized software engineers want what they want regardless yeah. of how you feel about it. Yeah. So if they say I want to I had a I had a kid that say I want to make $400,000 total comp per year. 
Woo! And he was not budging. Yeah. And it that for me, that one candidate, like that clicked for me. Dang. So the idea, so when I started to, I started to recruit for the software engineers, but then I started to see a difference in mm. in the the salary expectations that Hispanics were asking mm. for, black people were asking for, white people were asking mm. for, the Indian population, the Asian population. I started to see a difference yeah. in what the salary expectation was. And I started to realize that the minority community was asking for a lot less. But that was because we're not taught to ask for more than what we deserve. I feel like we need to yeah. ask for more. Because if we ask for more, we can meet somewhere in the middle in negotiation. We're not That's taught very that. That's true. Yeah, that is one of the things, uh, one of the questions, um, and uh, towards towards the end of our interview, we'll get to like a list of questions uh, that people sent in. And one of them is people want to know like some negotiation mm -hmm. uh, tactics and things. Yeah, when I read, when you would put that up, the whole thing about um, everyone deserves a six-figure salary, and I had read through it, and I saw a part of your story, and I was like, oh, wow, that's actually crazy. Like, like I guess, what are some of the variations that you've seen? Whether we're talking with uh, within certain ethnicities, or we're talking certain ages, in terms of what people either usually ask for or the way they go about doing it, that you think yeah. has pros or cons behind it. Yeah. So uh, I had a young lady, uh, a young African American lady. She asked me. She told me that she wanted to make about sixty five in tech, and I and this was literally I was talking to her. It was Christmas Eve, and I wasn't doing anything. So I was mm. just like, I understand it's Christmas Eve, but I'm not doing nothing. So we can have a conversation. <laughs> so I so she said, Well, I want to make sixty five. So my my question to her was, What on your resume tells me you deserve sixty five thousand dollars a year? Mm. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't answer me. And so I said to myself, Okay, if she can't answer me, who else can't answer me that look like me? Mm. When and then I and then I have people who. Uh, when I when I go to the the Indian populations or even Caucasians and yeah. and Asians, they actually they know what they want. Yeah. I, and I I had a I had a Hispanic um, guy who he and he was a very he was a great like junior cybersecurity person mm -hmm. and he said he wanted to make a certain amount and now in my mind I'm like we can definitely beat that that ain't no problem. Yeah. So when I made him when I made his offer to him when I quoted his offer, he was through the moon. Yeah. And not only was I was was I making him a base salary offer, I was making him an offer for base salary, sign on bonus and stock. Ooh. So his and his and relocation. Mm -hmm. So Sheesh. in his mind, he's like, "Oh my gosh, where to some other people, that's, that's still, still not enough." Been, yeah. So I think the it's the for me. I think it, there's a difference between the level of gratefulness and what we're taught, versus actually taught knowing our worth and then going after that and then adding taxes plus shipping and handling. Yeah, exactly. So, so when someone okay, so let's talk about someone asks for more than uh, than than either what the company or what what the budget is basically for that role or the compensation is looking at for that role. Is there ever an instance where someone asked for too much and then it's like, oh, we know we're no longer considering you because you asked for too much? No, um, there's never a, a position where we'll go. You asked for 500,000 total comp and now we not consider you no more. No, yeah, yeah. because that's not that. First of all, that's not good business. That's not a great candidate experience. Mm -hmm. And that's not giving off a great impression that the business actually wants the candidate to work for them. Yeah. So what we would do is if I, if you, you Cyrus asked me for 500,000 total comp, I would say Cyrus at this level, I can't offer you 500,000. I'll, I'll accept 499,000. But, <laughs> but, but this may, but this is the salary band that I can work with. Yeah. You as the candidate then accept, do I yeah. want to move forward with this process? 
this or do I want to buy out and say, you know what, at this time I'm not interested. But if you have another position that is a higher pay band, then let me know. So I like to let like my that. candidates know up front what they're getting into so that won't waste each other's time. I'm happy you confirmed this because I had a theory and I uh, probably shouldn't have been teaching this theory to people. <laughs> but I'm happy she confirmed it. That I've, I've definitely been telling people to say, hey, look, when people have asked me, oh, what should I ask for? You know, I usually tell people, hey, look at look at the market and then yeah. ask for maybe a, a little bit more. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I want $75,000. i have usually been like, yo ask for and of course these are people very entry level sure. roles and i'll say like well yo ask for 90,000 so that way if they push back or something maybe y'all can land somewhere in the in middle, middle to right. where you do get 75 or 80,000 cuz obviously right. every company isn't like your company there are some companies that try to lowball people to try to push yeah. push the number lower so i'm like no push the number high because the chances of you not getting hired because your initial asking was was higher than what they wanted to wanted to give you yeah. is I, I figured that was unlikely and that's now, what I would now when people, people do that though when like if you like if someone asked me for an extremely outstanding amount of a salary mm-hmm. and it makes no sense on their resume yeah in my mind in my recruiter mind I ain't gonna say it but in my recruiter mind I'm like how did I get to that number yeah so <laughs> so so then I think oh they're eventually they're gonna want to negotiate at some point yeah but I mean a recruiter is gonna pick up on that yeah but I agree like go for a number that you feel like you deserve yeah tell them what you want to make and then go from there like I have people reach out to me all the time and say how much should I ask for and I always say what's your worth if you can't tell me what your worth is, I'm not going to tell you what to ask for. That's I'm always going to put that back on you. What do you think you want to make? That's super good. That's really good. I, I I love that a lot. So so in in this kind of on this point of people asking you questions like, mm-hmm. oh, how much should I ask for? Uh, there was something else that I saw you post where you hit. You, you know, you were being very vulnerable. When you opened up. You said, yo, like. I've seen that there are a lot of complaints of people saying that recruiters are ghosting them mm-hmm. in the DMs, mm-hmm. and it's like you kind of broke down why you kind of are starting to understand it. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of touched on it. And I was reading, I was like, yo, and mind you, I'm a person, again, I have a bunch of friends that, that are, that are, uh, that are recruiters. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I understand. And also having like, having like a relatively large following on social media, I understand sure. how people can just think they, they're able to get all this access to you yep. and just, so, so I would love for you to kind of, touch on that like some of your experiences and then through that maybe we can navigate yes. helping people find best practices on how to reach out and communicate with recruiters yeah so it's it's layers to why recruiters may ghost you it's levels um, to this. It's, it's levels to this <laughs> and i and i'll start i'll go by part by part so one of the reasons why a recruiter may ghost you is partly because if you reach out to a recruiter and the recruiter gives you advice you have now adopted them as your personal recruiter and, and that is a misconception for people who just ask recruiters advice. All of a sudden, we've become their personal recruiter, which means there's yeah. a level of expectation that we now have to meet. So you're now asking me to meet your level of expectation and the level of the company that actually pays me. So mm. you now want me to do something for you that you're not paying me to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. So that's number one. Number two, a recruiter may ghost you because you may reach out to them and you haven't done not one bit. Um, no not what? one bit of research. I have candidates reaching out to me all the time asking, do you have a job for me? And my question is always, did you look on the Microsoft website for opportunities? Mm. That is, if any, if you, if anybody yes, DMs tell me, tell them that you will see, you will hear Shanae say, have you looked on the Microsoft website yes. for opportunities or job opportunities somewhere in that sentence? <laughs> I'm going to ask that. 
And so for, I can tell by the question that you haven't looked. Yes. So yeah, for course, me, yeah, yeah. if you haven't looked, we don't have nothing to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not doing the work yeah. for you. One of the things I, I try to communicate with people, and, and so, so part of the reason, part of the reason of tech is a new black is because I realized the position and say, like, okay, I'm telling people about these different tech boot camps, ways for them to get educated, blah, 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 blah. And what I realized is that, yo, there, I know for a fact. There are crap ton of people doing these these boot camps, these programs. Mm -hmm. They're just breezing through the programs, not mm -hmm. paying attention, and they're they just they're like, certified or they're done. Yeah, yeah, and then they and then they want to apply at these companies, and you know, whoop -de -whoop -de -whoop. And, and one one of the reasons for this is I'm like, man, I really want to help educate people further, mm -hmm. so that they're not playing themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in Texas, New Black isn't isn't necessarily about like just like you know people of color it's, yeah. it's, it's people in general it's people who, who feel like they might be the black sheep where they might not fit in the tech industry and it's sure. like no the space is for you nevertheless many people uh who, who do tend to look like us like many of them like are unaware of the opportunities that are in this industry in this space mm -hmm. and like on one end like some people lean to the extreme of what you were talking about where some don't know their worth. They mm -hmm. don't know what to ask for, even though it's like, no, you're worth, you know, X, Y, and Z. Sure. But then others are the opposite extreme where they're not really putting in much work at yeah. all to be yeah. worth anything. Yeah. So I'm like, y'all want to have something so we can kind of like talk about this, educate people with certain things. But one of the things I've noticed is that it's like, yo, some people are not very inquisitive. They're just solely like, yo, instead of me going to the website, Instead of me looking on LinkedIn Tell and see what like what's open, you just I'm gonna use you like your Google mm -hmm. uh, or um, I'm, I'm sure I'm sorry I'm sure Microsoft owns some search uh, <laughs> Bing they own Bing I'm, they're gonna go to you like your Bing <laughs> they're gonna go to you uh -huh. like your Bing <laughs> I got you Microsoft don't worry about it I got your back don't worry about it got your back yeah exactly <laughs> gotta gotta make sure we keep it all in the house keep it all in the house. Uh, they're gonna go to go to you like that and and have you do everything. So so yeah. So the question is like when someone comes comes to you, mm -hmm. they haven't done any research, or at least from what it looks like, they haven't done any research, and they're asking you questions that it's like, yo, you could easily just look. here. I will literally say, did you go to the Microsoft website and look? Or I'll go, did you look? That's yeah. a, like literally like if me if me and you were talking, I will type, did you look? Yeah. If if you if you say no, I will ignore you. And go right to the next person. Because for me, it's if you go on LinkedIn, you're going to get all of me. If you come to my house, you're going to get all of me. Yeah. If you come to a meeting that I'm conducting or that I'm a part of, you're going to get all of me. Yeah. Either way, you're going to get me. So the idea is I want people to understand that you're not paying the recruiter to do the research. That is that's That costs time. It's management. It's organization. Mm -hmm. It's having to shoot you stuff that... We also have to go into our applicant tracking systems and work yeah. for the company. I was, that are I was gonna us. I was gonna ask you about that because I again a, f a few of my friends that are recruiters. I, I've told people about the applicant tracking system thing. Mm -hmm. Um and oh no, no not, not even applicant tracking system. Uh, but about l like LinkedIn and other platforms how they have a back end system yeah. that recruiters use to mm -hmm. find people. Mm -hmm. So is that something that like y'all utilize as well? Yeah. So we, we use something, a platform called LinkedIn recruiter. Yeah. So LinkedIn recruiter is a space where if you go on that jobs tab on mm -hmm. LinkedIn and you, and you see the jobs that are posted, if they're posted manually, most likely LinkedIn has swept it and it's, it's under LinkedIn recruiter. Okay. If, a, if we want to, if we decide that we want to post a position manually on LinkedIn and you can tell that the recruiter posted it because they're 
their um picture is under the uh the actual posting. Yeah. That's how that. you know the recruiter posted it themselves. Okay, cool. If if that's if that's the case, we've used LinkedIn Recruiter to actually post it. Okay. So LinkedIn Recruiter gives us the space to create a kind of candidate pipelines mm -hmm. so that so that hiring managers can go into the projects or pipelines that we create and look look at all the candidates that are interested in that role. Where our applicant tracking systems may not give the hiring manager certain permissions. Yeah. So they like they like to use LinkedIn recruiter because they can see everybody. With certain uh with certain applicant tracking systems, the recruiter can't I mean the hiring manager can't see everything. Yeah. So they like to be able to have kind of be on the grassroots of of the recruiting process mm -hmm. and i like to encourage my hiring managers to be a part of that because i always tell them you're going to be working with this person every day so what best person to tell me who you want other than you mm -hmm. so uh they have a great hand That's in real. looking in in uh the linkedin recruiter space so y'all use linkedin use the jobs tab because it does work I, um, that's actually how i got hired yeah oh man I think m most companies, m most times I've applied, I would use Easy Apply unless it was. I've I've, I've actually only used LinkedIn like to to apply. Now I'm sure I know the other platforms like. Glass but Board I wouldn't suggest cool using too. just LinkedIn. Yeah. Use I'm, LinkedIn I'm, and then go to the actual website and apply officially. Most people miss that step. They they they'll stay with LinkedIn Easy Apply and then yeah. they won't go to the website and apply officially. If you the thing is, you never want the recruiter or the hiring manager to wait for you ever. So the okay. idea is if I can show my interest on LinkedIn and already officially apply and contact the recruiter on LinkedIn to tell them that I applied, then it's easier to go right into the applicant tracking system, tell the hiring manager, ping the hiring manager, say, hey, Cyrus applied to your role and he already officially applied. So I already sent him over to you. So go ahead and Yo, look Yo, you're putting me on game right now. So so easy apply on LinkedIn isn't an official no applying no wow not as not for a lot of now i don't i can't speak for all every yeah, you can't but i can company. i can say for microsoft if you use easy apply you haven't officially applied to the website mm. that's why we have if we choose to manually post a position on linkedin recruiter we have to we have to connect the link to the actual posting that we use for LinkedIn. Okay. So the link will take you to the website for you to actually apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tell people all the time, if you show your interest on LinkedIn, we can see it. But make sure you use the link to officially apply so that the hiring manager can easily look at your stuff against the position inside the official system. Okay, all right, cool. So I want to make sure I have clarity. So I've, I've applied at companies before where they have easy apply, where it seemingly looks like, okay, it was a three, four minute thing to, mm -hmm. to do an application, still clearly on LinkedIn's portal. Mm -hmm. And then I've also applied at companies where when I, I filled out a couple things, but then it, it provided a link for me to actually go and do an application on the company's mm -hmm. website. So are you saying that that's a different thing? Or are you saying that, okay, if someone does easy apply, you recommend best practices for them to still go to the company's website Correct. and still apply. I do. I do. Okay, Especially that if that, because that company most likely is going to provide the link for you to actually officially apply. Yeah. Now, LinkedIn will go to, to random websites and sweep the positions to go into LinkedIn. So yeah. if that's the case and you literally just see a position without a person connected to it or a link, I would actually like copy and paste the, the title yeah. and go to the website and find that position and actually officially apply to it. That's, I wouldn't keep, I wouldn't fire. stay with LinkedIn because link, because we, every company has an HR department, a legal department that they mm -hmm. have to follow, follow compliance and they have to, in order to stay compliant, you have to make sure that the person is in your actual system. Yeah. 
That's, you know, that that's important for a thousand different reasons. Because, I mean, I could even think about the aspect that, you know, software isn't isn't perfect. And even if someone is using LinkedIn Easy Apply, I bet there could be times where there could be a bug or an issue to where it doesn't even reach the company right. that they used um, right. LinkedIn Easy correct. Apply. So I, I definitely thinking about that. So, man, thank, thank you for that. I know that's going to be helpful to a crap ton of people. Yeah, and I mean, there may be companies who just use LinkedIn easy easy apply yeah. and use that as their yeah but some their search i've doubted some of the what i've noticed just as i, I have noticed that the larger companies mm -hmm. you know microsoft be, uh, being being one of them is like okay no this is a and this is what what i usually recommend people to do it's like yo it you know use linkedin easy apply for just a bunch of the companies where you you don't you're just trying to get a job you know you don't really care that much about the company mm -hmm. hate to say it that way but that, sometimes mm -hmm. people just need a job mm -hmm. you know and it's like, but for the companies that you really want to work at or a company mm -hmm. where it's like, yo, this is really prestigious, mm -hmm. great company. It's like, no, like, you know, put some respect on that Absolutely. name. Like, actually apply, go through all the steps, all those different Absolutely. things. And I, and I get the idea that, like, when you go through the applicant, the applicant tracking system of Microsoft and you get to a point where you upload your resume, but then they still tell you to put in all your jobs manually. Yeah, yeah. I get how frustrating that is. But for a company like like a big tech company, not specific to Microsoft, but a big tech company in general, if that's what they're asking you, it's probably because there is something something underlying that the system may not catch. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna sure ask you why is that? That like, they they may want to make sure that the system catches every single thing. So it's about almost like a double experience. down, absolutely. Like, okay. And then they also we also want to make sure that like Microsoft gives you the the option that if instead of putting your a word document or a pdf as a mm. resume you can choose your linkedin and use your linkedin mm. as as your resume i i personally don't recommend that because hiring managers are going to ask for your resume anyway but <laughs> but that is that is an option but that is an I'm, option i'm supposed i'm supposed to not be laughing on, on camera <laughs> or not on camera I'm, I'm, my laugh is too loud so uh so eric uh he likes his laugh eric the videographer he, he told me he's like yo when you laugh Turn your head sideways. <laughs> I literally just laugh like dead in the mic. So let, <laughs> let me turn my head sideways real quick. So, so, so I, so I understand how much of a pain that is because mm -hmm. I had to do it too. But when I'm looking on the back end, when I'm looking at the system, I understand why that is mm -hmm. because if the if the system doesn't catch your resume or if your resume is formatted weird, where it comes, it's formatted to you but not to us. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is look at what you put in manually, and we can still see what you have. Mm -hmm. So. So we just want to make sure that we're catching everything, although that is a pain. I get it. But we still want to make sure we're catching everything so yeah. that we give you a fair opportunity. That makes sense. You know, I, I've seen so many people like just do I mean, you've seen it too. I've seen for years people complain about that. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. Like a, a simple answer is like, oh. No, seriously. Okay. I've seen like I've seen resumes that will be like words here, words here. And I and you can't. You yeah. can't read it. But then I'll look at the, what they actually manually put in, and I'm like, oh, they do have the experience. They do meet yeah. my minimum qualifications. They do know how to format yeah. words together so, properly. So it's beneficial. Although it's frustrating and it's a pain in yeah. the process, it is beneficial. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's really good. So so you, you're a recruiter, and I'm sure people reach out to you for a Everything. variety of different Everything. jobs. <laughs> but... You don't, you're not a recruiter for everything no. at Microsoft. Mm -mm. So can you like speak to that? Like, I guess our recruiters segment it all yes. to certain. So recruiters work in, we work in teams. And by that, what I mean is my, my specific team is uh, Microsoft security. So I am, I am specific to um, product managers, 
uh, we recently changed it, but it's product management, program management, project management. Okay. But uh, for the official title for Microsoft is product management. Okay. And then I recruit for software engineers and cybersecurity. So cyber threat hunters, cyber um, intelligence analysts and all of that. So okay. I am so I am literally just in security where people will ask me about an array of positions that I don't I'm not privy to because I'm not either on that team or in that business. Yeah. So you have to I would suggest that people read um, the recruiter's LinkedIn profile so that because it'll tell you what if you look at their like the experience part it'll tell yeah. you where they are in Microsoft for you to understand what they possibly recruit for. I bet sometimes Sometimes y'all y'all probably feel like five dollar hookers. Where it's like you, you no just come, it's like you ain't looking. You ain't even you ain't trying to get to nothing. know me. I even you ain't gotta, even looking I at even my put, stuff. I put Shanae, and then in parentheses I put industry software engineers, program managers. Close the parentheses. Urker. Like I literally put it as my middle name. You literally giving them the keys. Like I, this I what even it is. I put it in my banner. I put it in my header, and people still ask. And they I still. and I and I mean I I get the. I'm starting to understand a little bit more when it, if my patience is, is not as thin as it used to be when it yeah. comes to that question, because people are scrambling at this point. Yeah. The market is crazy at yeah. this point. So they just feel like, oh, she responded. Let me ask her. Yeah. I didn't think she was going to respond. Let me ask her. So I get it. I, but I, I do think like for people who, for recruiters who like me, who are very busy, do your research because it does help us to answer your questions so you don't get ghosted. <laughs> so you don't get ghosted, <laughs> man. I I don't think my, I don't think I have the the patience uh, to uh, like it. It really is a gift. I'll say it this way: it's, I got like fifty messages waiting for me right it's now. It's definitely a gift. Oh, it's, it's probably gonna be eighty. Uh, I'm sure. They I'll get back to y'all right on, on Tuesday when I get yeah. to work. They go. They gonna see this and be like. Oh, so you got time to go on the little podcast <laughs> right. show, but you can't answer but my message. But I sent you, but I sent you a DM. <laughs> like people, I will post something and people will comment and say, "Shanae, I message you." And and I'm like, now now that I've seen this comment, they know I saw it because I liked it. Now I got to go find a message. So I, what yeah. is it like for you? Because so on Instagram, so I treat my Instagram and my LinkedIn differently. Where it, weirdly enough, my Instagram is a place where I'm I'm trying to help people. Blah, blah. My LinkedIn is like, yo, I'm here for work. I'm just mm -hmm. here. I'm interacting. I'm networking. When people message me on LinkedIn about like trying to get into tech stuff, mm -hmm. I'm like, bruh. Mm -hmm. You better hit me up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Oh, oh, you know I mean, hit me up on Instagram, and I'm like, I bet for you is the opposite. It's the opposite. Do, do people for me. hit you up on Instagram. They hit like, me up hey. on Instagram, Facebook, um, and I always tell them, please hit me up on LinkedIn. Part of that is because I do like to keep my Instagram and my Facebook separate yeah. because I'm I'm more personalized on my link on my uh, Facebook and my Instagram than I am on my mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Um, but I also like to keep work in one space yeah. that for me it's just easier and i want to make sure i'm i'm giving people an equal amount of time to be answered mm -hmm. uh but if if i if i know you of course i'm gonna respond yeah, on yeah, any yeah. platform but i mean it just for me it's just easier to to keep everything on linkedin yeah yeah no that, that makes perfect sense um so just real quick so again uh, we're going to get to some of the questions uh that, that uh, people uh people have so like what so in terms of being a recruiter mm -hmm. at Microsoft or just in tech companies in general, like what all do you have to know about the company's tech, like their tech stack or their technology? So I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't know much. Yeah. Um, I did and, my and, research. And for clarity, most, most of my friends that are recruiters, they don't know much. They just, they know their job, which is your job. That's what yeah. you're supposed to know. I did my research on Microsoft. Of course I yeah. made sure I knew the core values and what AI actually meant. Um, I actually, it's funny because when the recruiter, sent me a message i called it al 
and I didn't realize oh. that I did. I didn't realize I did until after I was like, Shanae, that's not an L, it's an I. And so I did, and I was like, oh, crap. I'm not going to get this job now. Hey, you got and the I, job. Meant, I meant AI, but I said L, and yeah. I was like, oh, God. So Maybe, maybe, um, they, maybe they thought you had an accent. They were like, you know, uh, AL. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank hey, you. Hey, look, Thanks, Jared. Hey, I appreciate you. you. now, you good. You but, um... So I did my research. I made sure I understood what AI meant. I made sure I was prepared. Like if mm. they asked me some drastic, what would you do to change Microsoft type question? Like I had mm. like, I had thought about something like a technology thing that I would, a product that I would um, develop and establish and implement. And like, I, I tried to actually do some groundwork a little mm. bit. Uh, I didn't understand like tech until I actually started to to recruit for software engineers. Mm -hmm. So when I started and I announced that I was a technical recruiter from Microsoft coming from healthcare recruiting, um, somebody asked me, well, what programming languages are you recruiting for? And I was like, huh? Like yeah. programming, what does that mean? And so I was like, so here's the thing. I haven't started yet, but when I do, I will tell you the programming languages yeah, that I'm exactly. starting for, start, that I'm recruiting for. So now I can be, I can literally go, uh, uh, what programming la programming languages are you experienced with? Is it C sharp, C plus, C plus plus, Python, Splunk, mm -hmm. Spark? I can literally actually quote them now. Yeah. Do I know what they do? No. I Am I still learning what they do? Yes. Now my hiring managers do. They give me layman's terms so I understand the kind of candidates that they're looking for. So I know what the day to day is and all of that. So I ask what the day to day is so I can understand what the job actually entails. Yeah. And the the intricacies of the job. Yeah. So. It has become a little easier as time goes, uh, but programming is a beast in and of itself. Yes. And I'm, and a lot of times I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah, exactly. I I, I love it how I'm. I, I was I forget where I read recently, but that how forty four percent of jobs in the uh, in the tech space are non technical roles. Hmm. And so, and it's so interesting. And I'm learning this more and more, like how recruiting. Is an is a sub industry in and of itself, mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's really crazy. And so like before, I've always just kind of saw it as like something to the side, but more and more my respect for recruiters have gone up to where I'm like, no, like they, I really do see like these tech recruiters as a legit like sub industry. The same way I see sales engineering as mm -hmm. a sub industry. Uh, so I think that's cool, like for us to have these industries in this space where just as a sales engineer, I don't necessarily have to be technical depending on the company I'm at. Right. Uh, and the same thing like with, uh, with yourself as a recruiter. Yo, what's good, family? If you're tuning into this and you're wondering, yo, how do I get a job like that in tech? We've got good news for you because we've just partnered with a tech boot camp called General Assembly that'll help you get a job like this or a variety of others, no matter where you live at in the world. We're talking product management, UX, UI design, programming or development, data science, data analytics, and a variety of others. Use the link in our description, and not only will you be able to do your first class for free, but for those who decide to sign up with the program, you'll get a $200 discount off. Make sure that you let us know which course you chose and keep us posted on your journey in tech. All right, cool, so now we're gonna go ahead and jump into our next segment, which is Techie or Tacky. Uh, Tech Your Tacky is where we discuss recent technology and determine if it's something we actually want, aka techie, or if it's something that we don't think anyone really has a need for. In other words, tacky. So the first one that we're going to be discussing is a robot that is made out of magnetic slime that can grab objects inside of your body. So I'll go ahead and I'll read through this. This is from 
the newscientist.com. They say that slime that could be controlled by a magnetic field can navigate tight spaces and grasp objects, making it ideal for possible uses inside of the body. So it's a, I don't know if you can see that. I just kind of show it to you for a second. It's like, we're not gonna play the video, mm -hmm. but it's like literally like a little goo that yeah. goes around and it, it's able to grab things and put stuff together as they manipulate it. So looking at that, just glancing at that, hearing about that, is that something you're like, Oh, that's actually really cool. Like that's no, that's tech. It's not cool. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking about like the um. I saw a movie where it was like some slime, and I think it was Moonfall. Was it like old school. Oh no, Moonfall. I think it was Moonfall. It wasn't slime, but it was like an, an energy or like a magnetic thing where um it looked like slime because it was like doing this through in space, and no. That freaked me out. So, oh, are you talking about that that um that movie? Yeah, they were in space. Yeah, they were like Ryan uh, Reynolds or something, and it was like some. It was, it no, was small it was, at first. Um, it was um, oh man, it was Holly Berry. Oh, it I just seen it that. just came out. Oh dang, I have not. And seen it in the energy, it was like a magnetic energy, and it could go inside the moon, and but it was it could go in the moon. it can go inside the moon, and it was like, but it turned like bad. So stuff like that make me think like, oh, y'all developed it and then it has a brand of its own, yeah. And then it's gonna take over my body. I thought, I thought you were talking. This, this ain't like a, a movie. <laughs> movie is turned to a movie segment, but there was like a, a movie that came out with Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of other people where they they found some alien substance. It was really small and it was a goo and it was innocent and it was really innocent and nice. But then they were messing with it. They ended up poking it and hurting it. Mm -hmm. And once they hurt it, it saw all of them as enemies. Mm -hmm. So then it like attacked and this little goo got larger and larger and they were in space and it, it was, it was crazy, crazy horrible. But anyway, so, uh, so to that point, so you say, so, so you say that's tacky because of the movie or that's tacky because you're just like, nah, I, I don't trust that actually helping. Cause I feel like it's going to like take over my body. <laughs> Yeah, I guess once it's in there, or the the person who's manipulating it can do something weird, right? Or if someone hacks That's it. That's a no. It, something, it's a no. You know, it like I work in tech. Okay, I, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the company I work for has a hackathon. Yeah. So no. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Those are fast. Yeah, I I agree. I I like the idea, but actually seeing the goo and all, and I'm actually like, ah. like maneuver, like like the idea sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds. But cool. um, no. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, cool. So, we deem this, we mutually deem this tacky. Want to know what y'all think? Let us know in the comments. Do you think this is tacky? Is it cool? Yo, maybe you, you might disagree. There's something, a perspective we're not thinking of. Let us know, but we both deem this tacky. Yep. I'm going to let the Lord heal me. <laughs> that is true. It's just, it's just my time to go. Mm -hmm. It's just my time. All right. So, uh, next one is glasses that help you see and hear hmm. simultaneously. So, all right, so Oculus AS have collaborated with renowned eyeglass designers to create these hearing glasses. All right, so many people are ashamed to wear hearing aid, but aren't as opposed to wearing glasses. Together with a team of researchers, an entrepreneur has created a completely new product for those who struggle with both vision and hearing. All right, so what do you think about glasses for people who can't hear, where they can wear the glasses, they help them see. And so my my vision is is not the best. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why we were supposed to have like a monitor or something on the screen and we mm -hmm. could look up at. But it was just like I'm not gonna be able to see anything up there. Uh, <laughs> clearly, get glasses or something. But uh, but yeah, I guess 
what do you what do you think it is? Do you consider this techie or tacky? I think that's techie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So my husband, I'm, so I love this because my husband and I have an Oculus at home that okay. we play quite a bit, and uh, and to to experience an Oculus and kind of see what that can do, mm-hmm. um, I think that's cool. I think everybody should have. I've, a, I've never had the chance to play one of those. Oh, you got to. Do you have like right. any horror games with it? Uh yeah. Oh. He had um he has Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. He had like like if you're in the space and you That's can see the demons, crazy. I mean the crazy and the um er what they <laughs> Why'd you why you grab the girl the girl gr- zombies? Zombies, yeah. <laughs> the girl. Terrence, when you see this, don't laugh. He's gonna be looking like that was the, don't I laugh. you better than that. <laughs> like you should know what it's you called. It's a zombie, babe. Um, so yeah, I love that idea because I, I can understand. So at Microsoft, we talk a lot about, um, disability Mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about, you know, people being inclusive of everybody. And so I can understand how people can feel like they're looking at their hearing aid or they're looking Mm, at like the fact that I'm not, they're not talking to me, but they're looking at that. I'm in a wheelchair Yeah, or they're looking at, I have a broken leg. They're not talking to me. That's very true. So I can, I can get with, I can get with that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very true. You know, it's so interesting. I love that you said that because, because in my mind, I guess this is how it oftentimes is when we don't have a disability uh, or some type of setback, we think like, oh, that's not that serious. Right. Like, not 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 that we don't think that okay, having the disability isn't serious. We're not but, them. But that it's so like we, don't, we won't. It's like, oh, having something in your ear that doesn't look that off putting. But of course, it's like, well, it's easy for me to say that because I don't have something in my right. ear. If I have something in my ear, I'm probably thinking the whole time, or they looking at the thing right. that's in my ear. So they're probably like talking to you like this, or yeah. like leaning so that you don't pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very true. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think it's techie. Uh, also, I think it's super dope just what it can do for people. For the, the same, I, I didn't even really, again, in my mind, I don't think, from my vantage point, I don't think that's anything. I see someone with something in here, I'm just like, oh, cool, you got a hearing aid. Okay, yeah. great. You know, let me make sure that I'm being mindful of that. Yeah. Never, I guess everyone doesn't think like me, though. Sure. Some people might might look at the person as, as lesser than sure. or whatever. But I just, I love the concept. I love the idea. Yeah, where it's I do like, too. you know, it can, it can minimize, especially if you're, 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 visually impaired yep. and hearing impaired and say yo just one product so that way instead of having to keep up with both your hearing aids and your glasses yo this one thing i'm really right. big my my cards are in my um in my case mm-hmm. you know one of the reasons i wanted to wanted to push the star so i wouldn't have to pull the keys mm-hmm. out i'm like yo i ain't trying mm-hmm. to do none of that so yeah microsoft has actually has a product that if you can't um if you can't type then you can actually like type from your mouth or um, what? we had, or if you can't, if you're if you're visually impaired, just even slightly, we have a spot where on like Microsoft Word, if we click it, it'll read it to you, or it'll 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 give you an idea. Wow. The program will give you an idea that this person is impaired in, of some of some way. So let's make sure that we're the person that you're receiving it to. Make sure you're thinking about them. Now that's techie. That's techie. That's mm-hmm. that's super fire. That that's freaking incredible. I was I was tempted to to look up some different things that uh, Microsoft was doing and talk through that, but I thought like that would have been a little that would have been pun intended. That would have been tacky. <laughs> be like, oh, let me look at things that Microsoft's doing. This, you know, and, and also I'm like, ah, you know, it's like that's your company. You know, I, I want to be like mindful to not talk yeah. about things pros or cons. We see with a company. Yeah. It's like yo, that's the company you have. So I try to be mindful. Interestingly enough, actually, one of my homeboys, he was supposed to be a guest. Uh, he was supposed to be a guest. Uh, but he is a he works at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a he's a senior developer, mm-hmm. and he 
he actually couldn't come on because he works for Microsoft. He works he works at three companies at the same time. And one of the companies, he's the CTO there, and they're waiting for a round of investors and stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, our investors can't see that your time is split with these mm-hmm. other companies and mm-hmm. things like that. And they were also very worried about what we could talk about on here and how and that it could pose a them. conflict of interest, too. Yeah, it really that's why could. That's why certain things I say, I don't go too much into detail. Yeah. Like, I can say compliance, or I can say, st- like, the... the um, the device that we have that where people can't type, that's actually one of the tools that they have that's in the visitor center at headquarters. So you can see that we have it. Yeah. So I, so I try to make sure that what I say is public yeah. knowledge. So you ain't you course. ain't giving no, too much sauce. Nah. Like, I can't I can't give you a lot of sauce. Nah. Like I love it. <laughs> uh-uh. He was. I love so, my job. So so one thing I, I do want to ask. I want to see see if if he was capping or not. He told me that. They let every like if if someone wants like the the latest Xbox, they're able to get it. That they're able to. He's like any. I'm not like no no no. That, that that's, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm like no. Nah, that has to be for just certain seniors. He said no. It's for anybody in the company. He's like no. If you just that I don't know. Now we do have we. I mean we have access to Xboxes of course, but yeah. I don't know that I don't. I gotta check that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think he, he said it's some bait. Some program like whenever Microsoft comes out with something, anybody in the company, if you want to be like, yeah, I want to go ahead and, and be the person to test these. Like people, they just give it up. Well, we do ha- we do have a lot of perks. Like we do have. A oh, lot I'm of, sure. Yeah, we do have a lot of like our like our businesses actually take really good care of us. They send us T-shirts and all the swag that you see me post that they yeah. send us. Like we we thoroughly enjoy it. So I I mean he may not be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it might be it might be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it may not be wrong. Uh yeah, and I I do love the new location they built. I like I like the design. Oh, it's beautiful. It looks very industrial and like very modern at the yeah. same time. It's like a very like cool uh cool Yeah, it's it's it. a re- it's a very welcoming building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it a lot. Um do do they let people like if somebody can somebody sign up and be like, "Hey, I just want to do a tour or something?" Um I don't do you know? I don't think so because you have to uh, you, you know how with certain hotels you have to have a key to go upstairs. Yeah. yeah the same thing with Microsoft. You have to have a key to go past the first floor. Okay. So, cool, or cool. really past the second floor. So okay, you have cool. to. Yeah, I, I would think that they may give people a tour, mm-hmm. um, but I think you have to sign up. But that I'm not sure of because. Right, cool. Eric's Atlanta a pretty good. My, Eric's a pretty good pickpocket. I'm a, before you leave out. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you pick your pockets <laughs> so we get that key so we can uh, do a little tour of Microsoft's play. <laughs> All right, super cool. All right, so. Last one, for techie or tacky, we have a huge satellite that's meant to connect directly to cell phones to launch on SpaceX soon. So, uh, essentially what this is, a SpaceX mobile will send its Blue Walker 3 test satellite to space on a mission. Blase, 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 a whole bunch of uh, explanation. But ultimately, it's going to offer satellite service where people can be able to have access to cellular service no matter where they're at in the world. So whether it's a spotty location or even people who are in countries that typically don't have access to cellular service. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, of course, certain companies have a problem with this, uh, especially like certain um, people who are in the uh, astronomy field Mm -hmm. where some of the the SpaceX um, satellites are ridiculously large mm-hmm. like one of them is is about 255 square square feet like in mm-hmm. size so they're like yo this is going to block us from seeing other planets and and being able to kind of like look out further to things that are happening and coming up uh but i want to know do you think that's techie where it's like yo that's actually fire 
Or is that like, ah, we good. Like, we got cellular service. We don't want to, like, interfere with, like, being able to see further out in terms of space, if it can even cause some type of inconvenience. I get both sides. Yeah. Um, I get because you don't want to mess with the astronomer's work Mm -hmm. because that's their life work. So you want to respect that. But then you also want to make sure you're safe, too. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm in dire need of something and – I need cellular service and I need to call my husband because he, he that dude. Yeah. Um, then I need to make sure I can get in touch with the people I need to get in touch with, mm-hmm. no matter where I am in the world. So I, I can see both sides, actually. Yeah. So I don't really have a side. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. Um, I'm I'm thankful that you you spoke to um, a side of compassion for for the astronomers. And. I also think too, like what this could do for people in, I don't want to just kind of jump and say third world countries, but people that are in places where maybe they, they usually don't have Correct. cellular service. Even I, I was thinking through how, you know, so you know the, the, the war that's been taking place in Ukraine mm-hmm. and how one of the things that the Russia did early on was knock out their, uh, their cellular service mm-hmm. and Elon Musk using like their, their thing, they actually tested it out with the Ukrainians to where they put their satellite up and are now have been giving them cellular service. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that is so fire. Mm-hmm. What we could do with technology to where it's like now we can we can overcome things like that. And I know we're still going to make sure that these people have access Absolutely. to these things, even if you knock out their cell phone Absolutely. Towers. I mean, that's all about dominance, though. Like, it's yeah. like, why wouldn't you want people to have access to everything, no matter where they are? But then yeah. on, on the astronomer's side, it's, but that's my job, and I want to make sure that my job isn't interfered. And what yeah. I love to do isn't interfered with, whatever yeah. so that's still protection because like if something could be coming at our planet absolutely. or something we need to be aware of those things matter absolutely too. so i can yeah. understand both sides hey i love it i love it yeah so but of course you know want to know what y'all think do y'all think this is techie or tacky do y'all think this is cool you know do you fall somewhere in the middle like us or do you feel like you kind of lean more to the left or more to the right kind of on this subject please let us know we want to know definitely All right, bet it up bet it up so now we definitely have to get to the questions that people have asked you. Uh, people are going to be upset. Some people are like, ah, my question wasn't on there. It's like, yo, it's going to take a certain amount of questions. We sorry, y'all, in advance. Hey, All right, so uh, first question that we have on here is, how important is tailoring a resume to the job you are looking for? Very important. Ooh. Um, so I always advise people to have multiple resumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have a customer service resume and then you need to have a specific resume or a career-oriented path-type resume. Okay. Um, I always had to uh, just because, depending on the job that I was applying to. Because when if you put all of, if you take one resume and you, what we call in law school, rule dump, which means you dump every single yeah. thing that you, every job you've ever had, uh, a lot of those jobs may not make sense with w- the job that you're actually trying to apply into. So you want to make sure that, w- and and that makes your resume a lot harder to read for the recruiter. Mm. So you want to make sure that you make it as easy for the recruiter and the hiring manager as possible. So if it's a job specific to um, software engineers, for example, you want to make sure that every single software engineer position that you had that is asking for the programming language that you have experience with on the job description that you have that. But we don't need the customer service positions if the if the job description or the minimum qualifications aren't asking for customer service type of roles. Yeah. So I would definitely I would definitely make sure that you tailor it 
to what the job description is asking for, but make sure that you actually have that experience. You're not making it up. So I guess uh, something I want to ask. So uh, someone uh, booked a one-on-one with me, me recently and they wanted to go through lots of other trying to work to get into tech and they wanted me to go over their, their resume, their resume with them. And I was like, y'all, that's a, I'm not super good when it comes to resumes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I said, but yo, you, you pay for the time. We can include that. We can go over. So we we're going through it. And one of the things I was telling them, they had a bunch of random clutter on there. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you need to take all, none of this is relatable. You need to remove all this mess. And in their mind, and I know a lot of people think like this is like, yo, I just don't want the res. I want it to be beefed up with stuff. I want you it to want look gaps. beefy. Yeah. yeah. So what are best practices in your opinion like when it comes to that yeah so the way so mine was the same way i had a whole bunch of stuff on mm-hmm. my resume my mentor was like nah this ain't gonna work mm-hmm. so she literally like so we're gonna start over so she took every single piece of experience that i had mm-hmm. and she pretty much like put it where it was supposed to go so yeah. um and so because i was trying to go into recruiting or hr um she's had me on my professional summary at the top or my career objective at the time she she had me say um what i wanted to do uh the fact that i had legal experience and then say what i use my soft and hard skills to currently do to then go into recruiting Mm -hmm. and then what she had me do was at the time she had me write a cover letter and at the very the last two sentences of the first paragraph she had me say I understand that I have a legal degree or a law degree, but I decided not to go into practicing law because this. I Mm. instead decided to turn and pivot into HR and here's why and use my law degree in that way. Yeah, that's right. And so so what we did from that that part of the cover letter, we then built my resume to, uh, okay, so we're going to start with, at the time, I was a a temp recruiter for her. So she was my actual boss. So she helped me build like my resume so I can get a full-time job. So we went from that to the uh, position that I had before, the temp position I had before, which had nothing to do with recruiting, Mm -hmm. to then all of the jobs that I had before then, which again had nothing to do with recruiting, but then she put my legal experience under a category called legal experience. Then she had me put like, she was like, Shanae, you're a business owner, you're a spoken word artist, a motivational speaker, you've planned events. So am call me. So um so she was like, So now I need you to put your community service here because mm-hmm. with recruiting you're gonna have to plan stuff. So she had me like strategically put certain categories together so that it can un- so the recruiter could understand what I was able to do and be more versatile in the recruiting role. Yeah, so I could plan events, I had legal experience, I had internships, I I I'm a people person, so I did spoken word, I've written books, yeah. I've I'm no law degree or whatever and then i was and then i was also a secretary in a law school so mm-hmm. i had to greet people so there comes the customer service Man, yeah so so she literally like strategically put certain jobs in certain places so that i could then go into recruiting and then once i went into recruiting the jobs that didn't make sense anymore came off mm-hmm. so i mean that's pretty much how you how you would do it yeah and that's good i, w- I want to touch on that more but uh we got to get to the so we're gonna do one more question uh, that we have on here. All right. So LinkedIn tips to increase chances of getting noticed by recruiters. LinkedIn tips to increase chances of getting noticed. Okay. So go to your profile, and every every part of your profile should look like your resume, which means mm. that your about should say what you're with something about you 
but also show your personality. LinkedIn yes. gives you LinkedIn gives you the space to share your personality and your character yeah. where your your resume doesn't, and yeah. neither does your cover letter. So I would so go to your about. Give me give me some. Hi, this is who I am and what I'm trying to go into and add some of your professional summary in there. Then you go to your experience and you literally copy and paste your experience from your resume mm. onto your LinkedIn, which is exactly what I did. You okay. then go into your skill section, copy your skill section from your resume onto your LinkedIn, but use every single part of LinkedIn that LinkedIn gives you. Yeah. Ask for ask people for recommendations so that the recommendations can show up on your profile. Ask people for um to, to start recommend, like I said, start recommending you for other things. Or, I mean, there are just certain sections like certifications that they, they allow you to put on there. I would say use every single category to the best of your ability to fill your profile, to make it look complete. So essentially go to my LinkedIn and copy what I did. Yeah. That's, I mean, seriously, because if you copy what I did, people still reach out to me all the time for jobs. And all I did was copy and paste my my resume onto my LinkedIn. There's a spot on top of my LinkedIn too that my features my featured posts where I literally break down how you should talk about each category on your LinkedIn profile. I actually broke it down per category. Yeah. I did a a, a webinar recently and in the webinar I was showing people like part of it we were showing LinkedIn and I used people's LinkedIn's as examples. Mm -hmm. And and I told people I said, "Yo, st steal people steal like steal, steal stuff." I said, people are like, "Oh, I want to be original." Like, bro, you better stop. Y'all reinventing the wheel. Re like, what are you Why? doing? Why? Literally copy someone's thing. Like, honestly, play, it's, uh, let's be real here. Yeah. Reinventing the wheel is old. Yeah. Being like the person who did it is old now. Like that yeah. that Great to you, but you did more work than what you had to do, to be honest. Yeah. With certain companies, and this is like for real, with certain companies, if you feel like you need to invent something or come up with it instead of using what has already been developed but making it better, that's not a good thing. Yeah, that's true. That's so, very true. So definitely use the work that's already been given, but just make it your own and then give the credit where credit is due. Yeah. I love Make that. it easy. We're working smart, not hard. Let's go. Let's go. Mm -mm. I love that. Man, so final words, Shanae. Like what, you know, because there's a lot that we weren't able to cover, a lot of sure. things, maybe some things even on your heart. So I want to kind of give you the floor to like share like just something, a message you want to have conveyed to people, something you want them to yeah. understand. Yeah, so there were there was a lot of points of my career where I didn't know my worth, mm -hmm. like a lot. Um, I didn't know how to negotiate for a long time. I didn't know what what I should say in a salary expectation. All I knew was I didn't, I wanted to make a lot of money without purpose. Yeah. So I wanted, to, I wanted to make money and take care of my family, retire my mom, but I didn't have a purpose under it. And so I always want people to start with their purpose so they know why they want to make a whole bunch of money or yeah. why they want to make impact or why they want to influence or encourage the masses. I would definitely know your worth. Like I said at the very beginning, know your worth. Add taxes for shipping and handling and make sure <laughs> and make sure you understand that every single room you walk into, you should command at let's all go, times. If people are intimidated by that, that is their problem that they have to nurse and you shouldn't have to. So let's the go. idea that we are supposed to be, we're supposed to shrink to make other people feel comfortable is old. So make sure when you walk into every single room, you command the attention that you deserve. Mm -hmm. And you actually own it, you coach it, you motivate it, you move forward with it, and you inspire everybody you're supposed to. Love it. Love it so much. And don't be and don't apologize for it. No, we love it. Uh Shanae, where can uh 
where can people uh, find you and connect with you? And this for those that are yeah. listening and not watching. So, um, so you can go to my Instagram um, at I am C L E the artist. C L E is actually my my stage name for spoken word. So I am C L E the artist, and then uh, LinkedIn is my actual name. C H E N A E. People butcher it. It's completely fine. I'll spell it for you. C H E N A E, and my last name is Erkard E R K E R D. Uh, you can go on LinkedIn. I think I'm like the only person in the world that has that spelling, both first and last name. So <laughs> it's easy to find me. I'm the recruiter cousin on LinkedIn. So yeah. please go and go and reach out to me. Connect with me and follow me. I I like to inspire people to be their best selves at all times. Thank you so much. It's so great having you of on. Of course. Thank you for having me. And, um, this was fun. So that being said, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Tech is Do Black. Y'all know, as always, do all the stuff. Hit the like button. Share it. Save it. Let your friends, let your folks know about it. Because, yo, y'all know how crazy the algorithm is out here. Yeah. So if you want to see other people help the same way, hope, hopefully, this interview with Shanae has helped you, make sure you're doing all that good stuff so that way other people can be impacted as well. And we will see y'all on the next episode.